Hi, are you a gifted or twice exceptional adult who feels a bit stuck in your journey? Do you have goals and dreams which you would love to achieve, but you don't know where to start or feel a little bit overwhelmed? Or maybe you have a thousand ideas, 500 projects, and get distracted by your own thoughts and would love some support on focus and accountability? Whatever gets you stuck, I wholeheartedly believe that gifted and twice exceptional specific coaching will help you unleash your power so that you can be your most authentic gifted self. I recently embarked on my journey on becoming a gifted and twice exceptional coach. So if you are interested in working with me one-on-one, please reach out via email at hello at giftedunleashed.com or you can find more information about my coaching offers on the website giftedunleashed.com forward slash coaching. I would love working with you and I would love to get you unstuck. So please reach out and let's get started. Hello and welcome to Unleash Monday, where we talk anything gifted. This is the show where we talk all about what it means to be a gifted adult. What are the pain points? What are the tell signs? And how do you overcome this? This is also a space where we create community and where we can share all our knowledge. I'm not an expert. I'm not a psychotherapist. I'm just one of you. I'm somebody that recently found out that I'm a gifted adult and I didn't even know that that was a thing. I thought you had to be good at math, which I'm clearly not. So yeah, I'm one of you and I'm just a little bit further along the road and I'm sharing here everything I've learned and I'm inviting guests, speakers who are therapists, who are coaches, we're also other people that are gifted adults and we're just having a conversation to create a space where we can fight the stereotypes and fight the prejudice and really create awareness of this topic. So I'm so happy you're here. Welcome and let's start the show. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Paula Prober, a psychotherapist, consultant, blogger, and author with a private practice in Eugene, Oregon with us today. She has over 35 years experience with working with the gifted people. And she has been presenting at universities and webinars and conferences. She consults internationally on the topic of gifted adults. And she wrote a very famous book called The Rainforest Mind, A Guide to the Well-Being of Gifted Adults and Youth. It is really an in-depth look of what it means to be gifted and have such a mind that's like the rainforest. But she will tell us a little bit more herself, and she's here today. So welcome, Paula, to the show. Let's dive right in. Welcome, Paula, to the show, and I'm so happy you're here. Oh, it's great to be here, Nadia. I'm looking forward to our talk. Would you like to say a few words about yourself and how you got interested in this special topic of of giftedness? Sure. Yeah. When I was in my 20s, I was a teacher. And that was my first career out of college. And I was teaching sixth grade um, in a middle school. And I had a couple of colleagues who told me that the style of teaching that I had would be good for gifted children. 
And at that time, I said, what's a gifted child? <laughs> what does that mean? I didn't know. And I was one of those teachers who, what would I say, kind of creative teacher. I was used projects and not everybody was on the same page at the same time. And I didn't use the workbooks and I, I wasn't a traditional type teacher. It wasn't where everybody was listening to me talk all the time. You know, some of those more traditional teaching methods. I was, I created an independent reading program, those kinds of things. And that's what came naturally to me and I enjoyed doing. And that is the kind of education that works better for gifted children when they're not forced into doing the same thing and waiting for the other kids to catch up and doing workbook pages where they're filling in the blanks and all of that. And so I went and looked into it. And where I was living at the time, they actually had a, a master's degree program in gifted education. And so I got into that program and got a degree in a master's degree in gifted ed. And then at the time I was living in Pennsylvania and they had just passed a law that said that the school district had to identify and serve the gifted children in their schools. And so jobs opened up for teachers of the gifted at that time where they identified these kids and they created these pullout programs for the gifted kids, which were not adequate because it was about, it was two and a half hours a week, something like that. You know, it, was, it didn't really serve their total educational needs, but it was, it was at least something. So I got into the field and I loved it. I just, I loved the kids. They were amazing. And I got to teach the way I wanted to. And I had small groups of gifted children and a lot of independent projects and they got to be with each other, which they really needed. And uh, it was wonderful. That's how I got into the field. And then when I was 39, I decided I was done with education. I was tired of being a teacher and I was really interested in psychotherapy, everything therapy oriented. I was a client in therapy at the time. I loved getting therapy. <laughs> it was everything that I read was about inner work and personal growth. And so I went back to school and got a counseling degree, a master's in counseling. And then after that, I worked in an agency for a few years. And then I started a private practice. And it just seemed natural to start in a practice working with gifted that would be my niche, that I knew enough about gifted folks that they had certain needs that counselors needed to understand to help them, you know, work through some of these challenges that gifted folks have that a lot of people don't realize because there's all this mythology around, well, if you're so smart, you should be able to la la la, you know, do anything and, and not have problems. And why are you depressed? And why are you anxious? You're so smart, you know, all that stuff. So, so it just was a natural uh, next step for me. That's how I got into it. And then I would say, you know, after some years in the practice, I was looking for something else to do, <laughs> something creative. I love being a therapist, and I'm still doing that. But then I started blogging. And writing about it because I wanted to spread the word further than just my little town in Oregon. And I love writing and blogging. I enjoy it. I can be a little funny and, you know, but really send out an important message to people around the world who haven't heard about this or who are highly sensitive and intuitive and creative and intelligent and never fit in anywhere. And, you know, they're lonely. And I wanted to reach a larger group. So I started the blog 
And uh, I enjoyed that. And then a, a small press found my blog and asked me to write for them. So that's how the first book came out. I wrote the book. <laughs> so that was my first book. And then I had been blogging for maybe it was just a few years at that time. And maybe it was four years. And people had wanted, asked me to put the blog into a book. So that's my second book. I took the most popular posts from my blog and organized them by topic and put them into the second book. And at the end of every chapter, there are exercises that you can do to get to know yourself better and work through some of these issues, the perfectionism and the intensity and the sensitivity and all of that. So that became my second book. So that's it. That's my little story. <laughs> I just read your book and I just downed it in two days. I loved it. It was really great. But before we go into a little bit more of the details of what gifted this is and how you serve people, can you share a little bit of what are exactly these tell signs? Because I have a lot of people now reaching out to me saying like, I listen to your podcast, but there's still somehow I cannot grasp it. And what are the tell signs? How can I know? How can I feel like I relate? Apparently the inner experience is different from the rest of us, right? Or from the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's not unusual for the gifted people that I run into for them to not think that they're gifted. Right. And the word gifted, what is the definition, right? What does it mean? And it's controversial. And there are many people who will tell you many different things about what it is. What is intelligence? It's a very debatable topic. And so there's that. And then typically if you have these characteristics you think that everybody else does, you know, it's, it's like, well, how I'm not all that different, right? I, you know, I'm, and you don't necessarily think you're advanced intellectually. Let's say if you didn't do well in school or you weren't advanced in science or math. And typically people say you're gifted if you are a scientist or you're a mathematician or you're an astrophysicist. And if you're not one of those things, or you haven't, you don't have high achievements People think I'm not gifted because I don't have those things, right? That's part of it, I think. But when I describe the rainforest mind, I use that analogy because of what you're saying. People don't identify with gifted, but when I say, okay, so here are the characteristics of the person with the rainforest mind, then they will tell me, oh, well, I fit that. I'm not gifted, but I do have a rainforest mind. <laughs> you know? and, and so the analogy is that people are like ecosystems and some are like deserts and some are like meadows and some are volcanoes and some are like the rainforest. And the rainforest is the most complex ecosystem. It's intense, it's colorful, it's full of life and it, it's misunderstood. It's prolific, it's creative and it's being cut down. And that is the experience of a lot of gifted people. They can't be themselves. They have to, for lack of a better expression, dumb themselves down or slow down or stop thinking so much or why are you so emotional? So the analogy really does work. And I talk to my clients about maybe they've run into chainsaws in their lives, you know, like with the rainforest being cut down, is that your experience too? So that analogy of 
the rainforest being just more of everything in a way, right? And that's the profile of the gifted person. The other thing in answer to your question is I did develop this quiz and it's in the front of my book and it's actually on the blog too. And it's a way of helping people understand the characteristics that you're wondering about. But I wrote it in a humorous way and in a way that, you know, you answer some of these questions. Let's see, do people tell you to lighten up when you're just trying to enlighten them? Are you overwhelmed by breathtaking sunsets, itchy clothes, strong perfumes, clashing colors, bad architecture, buzzing that no one else hears, angry strangers, needy friends, or global hunger? You know, that idea of being overwhelmed by so many of these things that the average person isn't, isn't as aware of, isn't as sensitive to. So there's more perception, more awareness of things. Another one of the questions, do you see ecru, beige, and sand where others see only white, right? So you have this capacity, this perception, this ability to, to see more deeply, to understand more, to question more. So there's like this moreness, you know, and then there's this loneliness of having a difficulty finding friends, finding people who get you, finding people who care as much as you do about the planet, about climate change. You know, it's although more and more people hopefully are getting aware of that, whether they have these characteristics or not. But sometimes the gifted person is just more concerned about justice and fairness issues, let's say. Mm-hmm. That's another characteristic that I notice in the people that I work with. Is that helpful? Does that give you a... I think so. So I would share the link to your quiz in the show notes so people can go and look at them. And mm-hmm. I already had a few mostly female friends that then went and did a little bit of research and they read some books and they could highly relate, but they still have this inner resistance. They're like, I can relate, but it's not me, right? Like it cannot be. Everybody thinks like this checklist is kind of like probably applying to everybody, but as you said, it's not. And my question is, so they're now afraid to go and be officially evaluated by a professional. Mm. They're afraid that even though this will give them an answer and they can highly relate, They're really scared that by going the next step and looking into this, that then the person, the psychologist will say, ah, yeah, nice, but you're not one of them. And then it kind of takes away this explanation that they were so longing for. Mm -hmm. So in your professional experience, how many people had shown up to your doorstep and said, I've taken your quiz, I can relate. And at the end, you had to say, no, you cannot be. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, no one. <laughs> this is um, the answer I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. If people read it, if you read my book where you even just look at the quiz and you answer yes to many of those questions, uh, then chances are that really good. <laughs> you have a rainforest mind. And you know what I say at the end of the quiz? I say, if when you read these questions and at the end you say, well, it depends, you know, you can't, you can't answer yes to many of them, then you probably also have a reinforced mind too, because you are 
analyzing the questions a little more deeply and you're thinking, yeah, but this is da 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 and I do this and it's like, so that again, that need to really look deeply into things would also be an indication. Yeah. So no, Nadia, it's just very, very common for people that I know that I work with to, to not really believe it about themselves. In fact, it's like, <laughs> most people tell me that they don't really think they fit. And yeah, so I, I think that's part of, that would be on the list, you know, you don't really believe it. Because you know people who are quote unquote smarter than you are. You know, you know how much you don't know, right? That's, I think that's part of it. You, maybe you aren't a big reader or you don't fit in what people expect smart people to be like. You're very sensitive and no one's ever told you that intelligence includes high sensitivity. So it's really normal to not believe it. And just to add another thing, testing isn't necessarily, I I don't necessarily recommend that people go to a psychologist and get a test for an IQ because not every gifted person tests well. Sometimes there's all this anxiety. If you have trauma from school or you know, timed tests and you're a big, deep thinker and you don't test well because you're anxious or you, with multiple choice tests, people sometimes can figure out why all the answers would be correct. So they don't do well on multiple choice tests or they overthink the question. The, cl- the classic example is the story of the six-year-old who's with a psychologist getting an IQ test and the psychologist says, what does a doctor do? And the child doesn't answer. And the, the psychologist thinks that the child doesn't know. This is, must not be a very smart kid. She doesn't even know what a doctor does. And the child is thinking, well, are, do you mean a cardiologist? Do you mean a gastroenterologist? Or you're talking about a, you know, like a, a family practitioner? You know, like the child is thinking more deeply about the question and doesn't answer. And, and that's what the gifted person does. They can believe that they must not be smart <laughs> then. Does that make sense? That makes total sense. And I also spoke with other therapists in the gifted field, and they say it's more a holistic evaluation. So they just, you go and you talk to them, and this is kind of how they find out. So my own journey was I found a psychologist here in Switzerland who was working for Mensa. So she was trained and is really aware of giftedness. And I had an hour with her on Zoom. And at the end, she's like, yeah, you're clearly one of them, right? Because I made like a two-page list of why I feel, you know, worthy of the title over the weekend because I I was also doubting myself. So I, I made this list and I was like, well, I can relate to my friend's story here and here and here. So I had to pay somebody to then tell me, yes, you can call yourself that and you're part of this group. And so if I look at my friends and people surrounding me that I believe, you know, have a rainforest mind, I never question them if they tell me that. But for myself, I felt I had to pay somebody to, you know, give me the stamp on the forehead. (laughs) Now that I'm a little bit further along in the process, I really want to help also unidentified adults really connecting to themselves and realizing that this could really be an explanation and helping them 
for their own journey. Do you think getting a therapist or a coach that is in the gifted field, is it truly necessary? Or if you read a book at home and you can relate, that you should really take it as your own and this is okay? Oh, I think it's fine. I think it's fine to, you know, right now there are my books and then there's the book called The Gifted Adult. Have you read that yet? Yes, yes. I think, you know, between those, just even just those, I mean, there are, there will be, I'm sure there are others that I can't think of, but there aren't that many books for adults, right? But if you read the, the articles on gifted children, and then you can think about how was I when I was a child, that could, those could help too. But I think, yeah, I don't think you need to go to a coach or a therapist unless you want to, you know, unless that, unless it would help you just to feel supported. It's the clients that I see in my counseling practice are all dealing with trauma. So it's not just, they're not just coming questioning whether they're gifted or not. They have, they come from a dysfunctional family. They come from trauma. So we're doing that more traditional therapy work, but also with the understanding of what does it mean to be a gifted person growing up in this kind of family? So those people, you know, that's definitely, you want therapy, you want a therapist for that. And it can be just helpful to have a, somebody who understands you. So to get coaching for those reasons are great, but you don't need it. You don't have to do that. You can just read the books and that could be enough to help you say, well, I fit this. I can't fight this anymore this is too much like me. I'm just too too much this person. I guess I have to accept it and go from there. And I keep writing on the blog because I keep hearing from different people what their particular questions are, right? And so I'll go, okay, I'm going to write a blog post about that, you know? So it's ongoing. I think, Nadia, like for you to have that professional evaluating you, that does help you go, okay, I guess I am this person. But you still might question it, right? It still might be an ongoing thing. Because the imposter syndrome comes in, right? Which also a lot of gifted people have that they feel, well, I tested maybe as a gifted child, but I cheated the test. Mm -hmm. Right. And so also they might think, oh, I cheated this checklist. So I'm an imposter. People think I'm gifted, but I'm actually not. So this is also a very common trait. And I just want to voice it here <laughs> because this is also a little bit how I feel. I try to accept it, but I always see myself at, you know, like just at the border of the giftedness. So I say, okay, I accept it. But then there's the other people, you know, up there. <laughs> right. So baby right. steps. <laughs> steps and imposter syndrome is common for many reasons and I I've written about that on the blog and there is a what do you call it a continuum or a spectrum so you don't have to be at the highest genius profoundly gifted level to still be gifted I hear what you're saying all the time you know I'm not up there <laughs> I mean I say that about myself and the truth is I'm not you know there are these categories right there's the moderately gifted person there's the what is it? Highly gifted, exceptionally gifted, profoundly gifted, right? And there are people on all levels of that spectrum. And I, I've written, I don't know if you've seen it, but I've written that I'm, so they call it like um, PG is for profoundly gifted. And so I will say that I'm BG, barely gifted, you know, <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, you know, and I've known so many gifted people for so many years, you know, I can, I know where I fit on the spectrum, but I, I'm still really good at being a, you know, doing what I do, but it's okay to be just to still see yourself there at somewhere on the spectrum. You don't have to be Elon Musk, you know, someone who does all that, you know, that's who we think is gifted. And, and so if we compare ourselves to that, you know, yeah, none of us are going to measure up. We don't, you know, build rocket ships and Tesla cars and whatever else he does, you know? So, but yeah, so imposter syndrome is common. Hmm. And just to repeat of what you said quickly before, because this is also something I really heard already talking to only three people. They said like, well, I cannot be gifted because I was bad at math. Like I cannot do mental calculations. Mm-hmm. I had bad grades. I dropped out of school. I cannot mm-hmm. learn things by heart. And again, this is really common. Right, right. All of those things. That's what we think giftedness is. And I work with so many people who did not do well in school. School doesn't necessarily meet the needs of the gifted. They are there for the, you know, for most kids, the average kids. And so the gifted child often tunes out after a while. And if they don't care about grades, I mean, there are some gifted kids who do the work and who are, who are high achievers in school, but many of them aren't. They just give up or they feel, what's the point? It's pointless. You know, why should I do this work when I already know it? Why should I sit here and regurgitate the facts? Because school still, at least in this country, you know, in, in the United States, it still can be very rote learning and memorization and facts and, ugh. So, So yeah, so giftedness isn't necessarily high grades, even the valedictorian or gifted people can drop out of college because college might not even meet their needs or they want to study many things. You know, they may be in college for 10 years because they they change their major several times because they want to learn about everything or they don't know what they want to do and they're told they have to choose one thing because I don't know if this applies to you, but... In the rainforest-minded person, they have multi-potentiality. Have you read about that? Yeah. Yes, and I'm clearly one of them. I studied science. I'm an epidemiologist by training. I started my own tidying business on the side. I'm uh, a certified KonMari consultant. And now I started a podcast. <laughs> so, and I taught myself, you know, how to create a website and everything. <laughs> I just Google and learn. (laughs) Right, right. I'm guessing you love to learn. You want to learn new things. You don't want to just do one thing for the rest of your life. Exactly. But I also feel like school did not meet my needs. And now that I'm basically detached from any school system or higher education for myself, even though I work in an academic setting, but at home I use Coursera and I just learn at my own speed and whatever I feel like at the moment. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And that's the gifted person who wants to learn, but wants to learn at their pace, at their speed, at, you know, what they're interested in. I think it's been a big breakthrough for gifted people all over the world to have the internet and to have you know, some of these universities, you might have free courses, right? You can take a course from Stanford online and it's free. And that's what feeds your soul, right? To be learning something, but on your own, 
and not being stuck in a system where you have to follow, you have to jump through those hoops. You have to take all those basic courses that you don't necessarily need or want. So again, you can be a college dropout or somebody who never even went to a university and still be gifted and maybe even highly gifted because the system just doesn't work for you. Then I also looked a little bit into ADHD and you mentioned it a little bit in your book. I also spoke with people and I was just collecting all these questions and I was like, oh, I have Paula on the call. So let me just ask her all these questions. So people have less difficulty of accepting when somebody tells them they have ADHD because I think that's different than being called gifted. And so there's overlap and people might have been misdiagnosed as ADHD when they're actually gifted. And you mentioned that you don't do assessments yourself for ADHD, but you refer them. When is a point for you where you feel like, okay, now I think you need to refer somebody, that it's not under the giftedness umbrella? Where is the, where's the cutoff? Mm -hmm. I think it depends. I'll give you an example, though. It's in the book. Most of the people I've ended up working with seem to be just purely gifted and not have twice exceptionalities. So I don't write about that much because I feel like that's not my expertise, right? But I had one of those clients. I had really two clients who were clearly ADHD. And it was, it, uh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to describe it well, but it was like, I could see, and they talked about it. One of them knew that she was ADHD and she was very bright, but she just could not get things done. <laughs> there were files on her desk, you know, that she just couldn't get to. She had a terrible time completing things or following through, or although she, she was successful. It's interesting, like when you're gifted and, and say ADHD, because of your giftedness, you can compensate often. So you're still better at being, you know, gifted in ADHD than maybe the regular person who's just struggling with ADHD. That she and this other client described to me this, it was so hard for them to complete things or to finish something or to stay on a schedule or to, things would just pile up. The analogy that the one client made was she said that her brain is, she used these words frazzled and she said, it's like, there's a basket of snakes. And this is her brain. There's a basket of writhing snakes. And you put your hand into the basket, and you grab a snake, and you pull it out, and you try to like, straight straighten it out. It's like, that's her brain. You know, it's like, oh, boy, okay, that, that was, you know, that was, I was like, Oh, okay. That's, that would be really hard. You know? So that was a great way to describe to me to try to get what it meant, but I'm not really going to be really great at giving you a succinct answer to that because it just, it was kind of just how these clients described their experience to me that made it like, okay, I think you got more than just giftedness here. I think this is something else. And then I did have one client with Asperger's and I'm not really great at identifying that either. But the client that I had, she was female and, and she knew that she was Aspie. And so in that case, there were some differences too. But it's, yeah, there's overlap in characteristics. 
So, but just being a little bit chaotic in your working style and having five projects going on the same time and having distractions going on, that's not enough to be ADHD, right? That's right. That is exactly right. That's, that's what you have to look at. There's a learning style that is nonlinear, right? So some people are linear sequential thinkers. And so they do one thing at a time and they finish it before they go on to the next thing. And then there are creative, nonlinear thinkers and people with multipotentiality who have several projects going on at once. And they don't finish one before they go to the next one. They have 10 books to read that they're reading at the same time, right? And you go from one to the next to the next. You don't finish before you, right? So that looks like ADHD to some people. That's just giftedness. That's a creative mind. That's somebody who is just interested in many things. And the finishing thing, people will tell you, why don't you finish that, you know? Or why don't you stay in one job longer than a couple years or, you know, and it's just with a gifted person, sometimes they get everything they needed from it. They don't have to finish it because they've learned what they needed to learn. And now they're ready to move on to something else or in a job. They've mastered the job and then it's boring to stay in that job. You want to go to another thing and it may be in a totally different field. And that looks flaky to the average person who is just happy to be in one job for 30 years. You know, they want to master the job and then they want to stay there. But when you master it, you're done. And what's next, right? <laughs> oh, I love talking to you. And I'm just here nodding, 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 not, not interrupting you, but the people cannot see it, but I'm just nodding. <laughs> you described me so well. <laughs> Is there anything you would like the audience to know or something that you would like to share, something you wish you knew earlier or something you wish your clients would know? Well, we haven't really talked about this. So this idea of how lonely it is to be this person that right now kind of on the planet, there aren't that many people like this. Because sometimes I think gifted people are, are more, I don't know, old souls or more evolved and humans are, you know, not as evolved yet to be kept there. But, you know, there are different statistics, but it's three to 5% of the population and the more gifted you are, the fewer there are right now. And so it can be really lonely. So my, my advice is that you look for other reinforced minded people that you, you understand this is you. That's right. The important thing, right? You read the books, you read the blog, you start to accept, you listen to the podcast, you know, you start to accept that maybe this is true. Maybe this is why you have been so lonely, why you have had trouble communicating with other people that they don't get you. You want to go deep and they don't. You want to connect deeply and they're not interested. So what I tell my clients is don't give up looking for other reinforced minds. Find the things that you love to do and then look for the gifted people in that group, right? Take the classes, get online. I mean, it's just been great that there's the internet and, you know, Facebook groups. And right now it makes it a lot easier to find people. So I would say that the message is, you know, don't give up in finding other people like you. And the other piece would be 
typically gifted people have this need to make a difference on the planet. There's a lot of pain right now around, ugh, you know, what is happening with the climate and justice issues, justice and fairness, and so much suffering on the planet. And so that's another reason it's important to find other people to understand that this is who you are so that you can heal whatever you need to heal from maybe your childhood or maybe from your family or maybe from schooling. And then you can be here on the planet and do what you're here to do. You can find your authentic voice and be that person because the planet needs you to you know, have that compassion for yourself, understand who you are, and then find the different things. Now, so it's not one thing, right? So find your authentic voice to do the many things that you are here to do on the planet. That would be, I guess, my message. Thank you so much for all your knowledge and all your insight. Where can people find you? Well, the easiest would be to go to rainforestmind.com. That's my blog and website. And on there, you can see where the books are. You can get the books. You can read the blog. That's probably the best way. And then there's a, there is a contact sheet on the blog if people want to contact me. That would be. I do consulting around the world. So I would be happy to meet people. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paula, for your time and for being here. And I'm sure we hopefully stay in contact. I would love that, Nadia. That would be great. Thank you. This has been fun. Wow, what an amazing conversation that was. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something out of it. And maybe you also have a rainforest mind. And as Paula said, if you can relate to some of the points that she mentions in her quiz that the show notes will point to her website, if you can just relate to a few of those, you actually might have a rainforest mind. You might be one of us. So embrace it and just keep on listening. And I'm so happy you are all here. And I see you in two weeks. Bye. Bye.